first chapter of Genesis says, God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Meet Jerry Landers, just an average guy, married, father of two. Every day, he drives his late model car to Food World, where he is assistant manager, in line for a promotion, bright, personable, competent, Jerry Landers has every reason to believe he's a young man with a future. And he is, but it isn't at Food World. Read this. God grants you an interview. It's a gag. Pretty crazy gag. Not, uh, not what you expected, huh? Show him this. Warner Brothers presents John Denver and George Burns in Oh God. I thought you didn't believe in me. Uh, that's just an expression. <laughs> uh, we knew it, didn't we? God's an old white man. <laughs> How many of you all remember that movie? Anybody? Yeah, not too many young folks <laughs> who remember it. Uh, that was from the movie Oh God back in 1977. George Burns as God, of course has chosen Jerry Landers, a supermarket manager, to be his chosen messenger to the world. It's really kind of a fun story, and it takes the opportunity in and out, weaves in and out some really nice moral messages here and there. But it does bring up the question, though, what does God look like? In the movie... God looks like a wise, elderly white man. He assumes different roles from time to time in the movie to sort of blend in and not look so much like God. And at one point, uh, he's a taxi driver, and then later on, he's hotel room service. But every time he appears, it's right at the last possible minute to cunningly help this emotionally exhausted Jerry get through the next situation. And I love the movie's tagline. I don't know if you can see it very well, but it says, anybody who could turn Lot's wife into a pillar of salt, incinerate Sodom and Gomorrah, and make it rain for 40 days and 40 nights has got to be a fun guy. <laughs> Some of you may remember uh, a similar, more recent movie where Morgan Freeman plays the God part and Jim Carrey is a down-on-his-luck television reporter named Bruce Nolan. Bruce feels that God is not living up to his reputation. So God makes Bruce the Almighty for a week. And it's only a matter of time before Bruce realizes that it's a much harder job than he expected. It's another cute movie. And once again, God is a man, but at least this time, he's not a white man. Truth is, actually, I believe God is a white man. I also believe God is a white woman. And I believe God is black and brown and every other skin tone. And I believe that God is every gender on the human spectrum. Some people believe that God is above all these things, and I don't completely disagree, but I believe that God is all of the things that we are. 
if for no other reason than according to the scripture that we just read, we were all created in God's image, which means that collectively we are all those things. Today there are over 17 or there are over 7,000 known languages spoken around the world, and I believe that God speaks and understands every one of them. There are over 4,000 religions. And I believe that God in one way or another is a part of all of them. I believe that God is Christian and Islam and Buddhist and Hindu and Jewish and all of the thousands of other religions that are something else. In Islam there are 72 recognized sects. Judaism is divided into several streams and branches. Both Hinduism and Buddhism recognize four distinct denominations or sects. As for us Christians, globally in its eastern and western branches among the Catholic, the Protestant, the Eastern Orthodox, and the Oriental Orthodox and other sub-branches, there are over 45,000 Christian denominations. <clears throat> And every single one of them believes they're right. I believe that God is present in the cathedral and in the megachurch. I believe God is in the little country church and in the inner city mission. God is found in the temple and in the synagogue and in the mosque and in the woods and in the ancient sacred places. I believe that God is right here, right now. I believe God wears collars and cassocks and vestments and robes and habits and hijabs and turbans. I also believe God wears shorts and t-shirts and blue jeans and business suits and sundresses and skirts and slacks and beautiful gowns and tattered coats and worn out shoes. I believe God wears sandals and work boots and moccasins and flip-flops and cowboy boots and ballet flats and dress shoes and tennis shoes and sometimes no shoes at all. Thanks be. I believe that God is incredibly wealthy and incredibly poor. I believe God lives in mansions and palaces and in apartments and in houses and in assisted living and in homeless shelters and in housing projects. Sometimes God lives in a car or in a tent or sometimes right out here on our porch stoop. I believe God's table is an overflowing feast and I believe God is starving. Some people believe that God is none of that but I believe that God is all of that and that puts us in a delicate place doesn't it? A tricky spot because now we have to believe that when we see each other in all of that differentness and diversity we're seeing God. It's important to believe that because if we can believe that God is not a part of all of us, then we can also believe that we are not a part of God. And we can believe that no one else is. And that, my friends, is the beginning of not only dehumanizing each other, but also removing our sacredness. And if we can remove each other's sacredness, we can also remove each other's humanity. 
Our nation and our world have a long and ugly history of doing just that. When we see ourselves, the way we look, the way we talk, the way we dress, the way we worship, the way we present, the way we love, when we see our own way of being as superior to every other way of being, that gives us permission to either eliminate all the others or to force them into our way of being. But it also gives others permission to eliminate us and to force us into their way of being. It's easy to dismiss people who aren't like us. It's easy and it's dangerous. It's dangerous for us to think that God looks only like us. Here at BUCC, we're committed to sharing the truths that we're convinced of. And we're convinced that we are not the only thing that God has going. We know there are other churches and other congregations, not only of the Christian tradition, but others that are doing the really good work of loving and embracing as much of the human family as possible. And they're doing it just as we are, as genuinely and as compassionately as we know how. They know and we know that we don't get to decide who is worthy of God's embrace. If we ever think that that's our decision to make, we have stepped way outside of our calling and way outside of God's intention for us. Let me say it very clearly. I firmly believe that it is not possible for a person to be a true follower of Jesus and also be a racist. I believe it's impossible to walk in His footsteps while willfully discriminating against any sex or gender identity or sexuality. I believe there is no way to embrace His teachings on lifting up and helping the marginalized, listen up politicians, while doing everything you can to keep them sick and hungry and poor and powerless and in debt. You cannot claim His words of compassion while ignoring His words about justice. Yes. You cannot be sold out to Jesus when you think you're better than or smarter than or stronger than or more than anyone else. You cannot embrace diversity and prejudice too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend to be above it. There are some people I don't like. There are some people I just really don't like. And I have to remind myself that even if I don't like them, that's not a license to mistreat them or to hurt them or to cause them harm. Although I have asked God to turn around from time to time <laughs> so I can say out loud what's on my heart and give a wave with at least one of those fingers <laughs> somebody on the TV who pretends to know what's best for America can we be honest it'd be a lot easier for all of us to appreciate and to embrace our diversity if we didn't have a bunch of politicians and religious leaders who want to tell us who we're supposed to be angry at and mad about and afraid of. But here's the thing. Embracing our differences is only a difficult thing 
for those who are afraid of it. Can I say that again? Embracing our differences is only a difficult thing for those who are afraid of it. Those who cling to the notion that God has a favorite anything, that God holds up any one tiny piece of humanity and tosses all of the others, those people who are living in all that fear are convinced that they belong to that tiny number that God loves and accepts. And worse, they believe that God rejects everyone else. Wars have been fought because of that belief. Countless millions upon millions upon millions have died because of that belief. That belief allowed human beings, black human beings, to be traded like property. It allowed chattel slavery to thrive. That belief allowed indigenous people to be removed from their lands, compelled to abandon their cultures, while their children were rounded up and forced to attend government and religious-operated boarding schools where they were fed dangerous theologies and doctrines and abused in the name of religion and patriotism. Many of those children died and their families were never even notified. That belief has fed years of discrimination against women and the LGBTQ plus community, both of which have seen recent rises in attacks from politicians and Christians who worship and follow them. I kind of feel bad today. I wanted to talk about ways that we as individuals can embrace diversity. You'd be hard-pressed to find another congregation in these parts that is as open-minded as this one is. But I think we can be even better, or at least more consistent. I think we should always take a look at ourselves and reevaluate how we're doing. Here's what we know. We can be welcoming, but we've got to do more than just open our doors. We can be accepting. But we've got to do more than just allow someone to come in and sit among us. We can be inclusive, but we have to do more than just make room for them. Yep, we need to be welcoming. We need to be accepting. We need to be inclusive. But we also need to embrace them. It's a step beyond. We must affirm their worth. We must remind them of their sacredness. We must convince them that they belong, that they are a part of God's love, a part of God's beautiful, diverse creation. We've got to convince them that God looks like them, and they look like God. That sort of answers the question, doesn't it? What does God look like? God looks like them. God looks like us. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Find out more about what we're doing at KennyBishop.com.